This is Scott Guider of the Voice of Horror Radio. My very special guest is a talented filmmaker from Austin, Texas. It's James Christopher. James, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Great. Uh, I want to welcome you on the show and thank you for letting me see a pretty badass film that kind of um, was a different spin as far as a slasher. Now, <laughs> I call it the. Uh, I call it the religious slasher, Abram's Hand, but we'll talk about that a little bit later. But I know that you've done a lot of projects. We're also a we also are are, are a producer of the same film that um, we can talk about that if you want to, as far as the um, not total story, but you know your experiences with the San Antonio Film Festival and all that happy stuff. But is, yeah. there, is there anything that, that that you want to start off with that you want to talk about? It's totally up to you. What, well, I mean, you know, um, yeah, we we do we work a lot. You know, our our whole we started Twitchy Dolphin Flicks about five years ago, and um, with a different business model than most other indie films happen. I think you know it tended to be the way coming out of that sort of era of like Kevin Smith and Linklater and Rodriguez, where you made a film, and if you made your film halfway decent, it's going to sell, and then your life would would be different. And you know, we live in a digital age now, and that's not the case anymore. So we, we kind of, we, we kind of felt like the, 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 the way to do it wasn't to make one film that could sell, but was to build a brand. And so it meant that we just keep working. We have to keep our budgets really, really low, you know, micro-budget stuff. Um, everybody that works on the film is working deferred. The idea being that every year, every nine, ten months, we're making a project. And like right now, um, we're three weeks away from starting a pretty um, crazy undertaking um, as a guy that's not going to be getting any sleep from now until May. Um, <laughs> basically, we're shooting two films at once. We're shooting um, a mockumentary about the adult film industry called Quadruple X and its sequel, which is a slasher comedy. Right. Um, both of them are mockumentaries. And so, yeah, I mean, we, we just try to stay busy. That's yeah. the whole thing. Yeah, I saw that, and I have a website, uh, ghvirus.com, and as you know, I found that and posted on that site. I thought it was very interesting, but obviously I'm still waiting for my Indiegogo email address and password, because uh, once I get that there. But yeah, that that was pretty cool. I saw that. I'm sorry. Now, Turkey Day. Now, is that available? Turkey Day is available. Uh, it's available for a purchase on DVD. Um, it's still doing a video run, and we're very close to locking in a couple different distribution options that will 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 basically put it on demand so it can be streamed. Um, Turkey Day is a film we made. We actually made it as a direct reaction of Abrams' hand. We we you know um, I try to work with the same cast as much as possible, and the, the cast on Abrams' hand was just fantastic. Not just in talent, but just in attitude and feeling that it was a team effort, and, and and I basically wanted to get back on set with them as, as much as possible. So this was almost as much a fun thing for us. And, you know, it's very much a rom-com. It's written in the style of, you know, National Lampoon's Vacation. I sort of look at it as this is when Clark and Ellen would have met. Um, so facial Thanksgiving weekend. And um, it, it kind of, you know, became this film that we shot in, in, in about a month, and... 
I, I honestly, you know, when I when I when we had both films finished, um, I felt like you know Abrams was this dark, brooding kind of serious film, and I thought the festivals would love it, and and I thought the festivals weren't going to be too happy with a very cheery rom com. You know, I tell people the people on the poster they get together, and then, you know, yeah. Um, but it's actually had its festival run has has already been. I think it's done. I think it's done eleven festivals um, with about. I don't know, fifteen to twenty more still in consideration. So it's been this film that just kind of won't quit. Wow, cool. That one I do would like. I would like to check out that Turkey Day because it kind of yeah. Sounds, I'll get you a Yeah, it kind of sounds like um, the way you're talking. It kind of reminds me of like the the late '80s style style of a comedy. It, it, well, you know it is. Um, you know, I always get asked that question. Like, who are your influences? And the number one is always John Hughes. Um, you know, Abrams is very different from anything else that I write. Um, I try to be, you know, John Hughes is, I think, one of the more underrated screenwriters ever. And yeah. I think that um, it's funny to me how much I borrow from him and I don't recognize it until I see the movie. I'm like, wow, we kind of did that a lot like John Hughes did. But, you know, a, a lot of just the use of music. We have some really good bands down here in Austin that are giving us their music. And so we try to showcase them. And, cool. Um, it is. It's a film that you know. It's one of the few films where I can sit in the audience with the. I can sit in the theater with the audience and watch it pretty much end to end, and not kind of want to stab myself. So, <laughs> yeah, and that and that actually plays in in Beaumont, Texas. Um, you know, next month it's the first time the film festival's kind of gone in, and they came to us and they said, "Can we play it?" And I thought oh. that was wicked cool. I've never had anybody ask me to play it first before. So. You know. Uh... How is it? How is the Austin market down there? I mean, there's. It's... You know, Austin's a weird deal, man. I mean, the thing about it is, there's many, many different levels of filmmaking going on in Austin. Um, there's a very, very strong and thriving indie indie circuit. I think that there were something like ten or fifteen Austin films that played that. So, that's part of it. And, and it's really, really cool because it's, it's also a group that um, is very willing to come to show up on other people's sets and help out. It's pretty, it's pretty all hands on deck. Austin, if you've never been, it, it's, the mo- I mean, we have this really weird high unemployment because people graduate from UT and don't leave because it's that cool a town. So, um, <laughs> no, that's a good thing, I guess. But then it's also, you know, I mean, we've also have big budget stuff. I mean, like, one of the cool things, you know, is, is um, I'm obligated as a filmmaker who lives in Texas to talk about Robert Rodriguez and the fact that he's a hero of mine, and he is, mm-hmm. but almost because, you know, he he got got famous, got his got film sold, and the first thing he did is came back to Texas and, and shoots everything in Austin. And I think that's um, really, really cool and really, really encouraging because I think the industry is leaving L.A. at a rapid pace. And as somebody who had opportunities to go to L.A. when I first graduated from film school at Texas and I didn't want to, um, you know, that, so that that's what it is. I mean, it's this mixture of, it, of indie stuff. You know, I've got an actress that'll be in Where Bitches 3 that we shoot in May that just got off the Sin City. So, I mean, we're, there's a lot of cross-pollination going on and it's a really, really cool vibe to have. That's awesome. Now, there's an, another film in 2008 that, that you've done that looks pretty interesting is Scarlet Waters. Right. Well, Scarlet Waters is a weird deal, deal all on its own. Um, basically, Scarlet Waters is actually a collection of films we do right. every year. 
um, what had happened was what happened was um, we um, made a short film. It was the first thing we ever did in high def, and we were just kind of messing around with it. Um, and the film won some awards, and then people were like, "Well, can we buy your film?" And I thought, you know, to myself, I was like, "We can't, we can't sell a twelve-minute movie for for ten bucks." Right. So we kind of put together three more films. We sold it as a collection, and then it became this thing where people wanted to have that event again. Um, now that we were mixing in feature shoots and festivals, I just didn't have the time to do it all, and so we basically said. Um, let's let other people in our company write things or direct things and so then that so that became part of it so then every year usually I'm only directing one of the shorts that appears in the collection I'm producing all of them and then starting two years ago oh and then the thing culminates with the costume party and we all watch it usually like it's in my backyard on an inflatable screen right? right well then two years ago Carla Rodriguez who distributes some of our films to underdogs.com right um is like, dude, you should let other people show their stuff. And so it became, we don't call it a festival because a festival sort of indicates certain levels of snobbery that I want to get involved in. Right, right. Um, but we, we call it the Scarlet Waters Film Showcase. And so now, every year, we've shown laughter. We showed Infected. Um, and now it's kind of the thing where it's growing that it's growing almost faster than we can handle it, where people are like, well, I want to submit, I want to submit. And so... You know, so, so for two years, we've had a big concert blowout in October, and then the next day, it's been wall-to-wall films. We, you know, we still keep it very twitchy, still right. costume contest and, and all that fun stuff. But, yeah, That's it's cool. kind of this weird, weird thing that grew organically, like everything else we've done. That's awesome. That, it, First one you did in 2010, it's a short film. It's called Where Bitches. Now, do you want to explain to the listeners? Correct. Where Bitches. What's that? So that's correct. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to explain to listeners what that's about? And then if you want to, you can go in into, um, I guess, part two, is it? Daughter of Where Bitch? Yeah. Okay. Well, it started out. I mean, it's it's kind of, um, I, I use the shorts, the ones that I direct. Um, I use them as practice. I use them as uh, my, my business partner and I, who we've been making films together for six and a half years, um, use them as our attempt to test the new technologies. We don't want to do something on a feature for that and have it not work. Right. And it's also the time for me to sort of work on scripts with maybe a little bit goofier idea. So I just kind of, I guess I was watching Young Frankenstein, and there was a whole <laughs> were, werewolf, werewolf, and I thought, you know, that's kind of funny. And so I came up with this sort of idea of a mix between a 19... 30s Universal Monster film and sort of the 70s exploitation flick and about these female werewolf hit women called oh. Werebitches. I saw, I love that. I saw a bar of that. <laughs> so then we, you know, <laughs> we, we, we had the idea, we, we, should, we, we, made, we made the film and then there was a couple of other things I wanted to do in shorts for the next, the subsequent two years and then last year we, we never really did anything with green screen and we kind of wanted to around with some green screen stuff and came up with the idea about, you know, I'm in bitches, so what if the werewolf that I marry and I have a litter of puppies and they, and one of them grew up and didn't want to be a werebitch anymore and so it's about her finding the secret Dr. Stankenstein <laughs> to reverse her curse. I love that. 
it, it's all very it's all very tongue in cheek. It's very um, you know we break the fourth wall a lot, which I think is fun for actors. And you know, there's a lot of hair glued to cleavage, which maybe isn't fun for the actors. But <laughs> it's fun for the audience. <laughs> Yeah, I have. I'm gonna watch that uh, probably either tonight or tomorrow. I seen the trailer, parts of it, and it looked pretty freaking funny. So I'm kind of anxious to check. Yeah, it out. I mean, it, it, and the, again, the cool thing about that is um, it's kind of grown, and, and every year it plays that festival in San Antonio, and the fest runner called me up and was like, "Hey, so so is there gonna be a third one?" And I said, "Well, we've got an idea, and you know we." We're thinking about shooting a third one, and um, he goes because everybody wants to know if the third one will. So I already know that the third one will premiere like September second. That's weird. And we That's haven't cool. even shot it yet. We we that, we'll shoot it. We start shooting in June. It's called um, "Where Bitch Meets the Sexy Ass Creature from the Black Lagoon." Oh my god, I um, love it. Yeah, and then "Where Bitch's Four she fights a six foot tall woman with huge cans called Boobzilla. <laughs> so. I love it. See, <laughs> I've reviewed a lot of films just like that, and it, to me, I call it a change of pace. You know, I like the, I like the oddball, goofball, lane brain, funny stuff that you can just sit back and have fun with it. It's nice to laugh your ass off sometimes. Well, that's really what we tried to do. I mean, you know, and and you know, like. I feel like we're we're kind of living in a very uh, kind of postmodern age when it comes to film, and and I think it's okay for me to tell people what I like growing up, and I always dug those Universal monster films. So did as I. cheesy as they are, love yeah. them. Yeah. Well, I'm a big '80s horror fan, and and I love cheese. Sorry, I grew up in that, so I can't help myself. You know, it's, yeah, it's an era that I can't seem to get out of my system. You know, but now I I, I know we talked about. Abrams' hand earlier, but I want to get into a little more detail. Now, as you know, I, I, sure. I reviewed it today, and um, for all you uh, slasher fans out there, now, the ones that are my age or a little bit younger will understand what I'm saying. You know, Abrams' hand to me is a religious slasher film. Now, when I say that, I'm not slamming religion, I'm not, it just, that's my, my, um, view of this it's a it's a um i like it james for the simple fact is you have a seven i guess mid-20s early 20s going into the mountains to uh yeah by this preacher reverend whatever he has his way of beliefs you know I mean, he's vocal about it and I know for a fact that there's preachers just like that that actually keep it inside, you know, about the gays and about this and that and this and that. Yeah. And that part right there, the music alone, I think the music that you play in that film from start to the end keeps that movie at a pace that yeah. music that fits what you see. And that's one of the first things I noticed. I should have mentioned in my review and I did not. What a dumbass. But that really got me into it. And then when they were sent to the to the mountains, to the woods, you know, and there, of course, there's a guy there that's, you know, we've seen what he did earlier in the film, that they're sent out, out to, you know, hear God or get touched by God. But then the one kid 
which you know what I'm talking about. It's really religious. Yes. And I'm not going to say who the killer is. I'm not going to do that. That's why I didn't do it in a review. But you try to figure out who is killing who, you know. But my whole point, you know, Go ahead. No, I was going to say, you're exactly right. Like, basically, look, I mean, when we get to the end of this film, we follow the tropes of a slash. I'm a big believer in genre theory. And I know that people might sort of dismiss the film by boiling it down to it's another... Um, it's another group of kids who's killed in the woods movies, and it is, to a degree. I mean, but, but like, if you think about, like, the movie Scream, and, Cra- and Wes Craven makes the argument that that's the reason why people buy horror movies, I mean, this film came from a couple different places, one of which was, well, let's explain why. And the one thing we did make sure we did, and I hope we did it successfully, was that none of those characters are the ones you hope die. Like, it's gotten to the point now when, when Flesh has come out, it's almost you're almost confused as to who you're rooting for, right? Like, are you rooting for Michael or are you rooting for Laurie Strode? Um, well, that's a bad example because you were rooting for Laurie Strode. But like in the remake, for example, where you're rooting for Michael or Laurie or for Zombie to right? Michael almost ran down and robbed Zombie. We wanted it to be a kind of thing where, when things happen, we wanted to obscure, you know, obscure the, the motivation for as long as we could. But I also didn't want any like cheer when she got or he or she got killed characters and so um, and then the other place that it came from is I'm a seven year veteran in the military before I did all this and you know there's Westboro Baptist Church guys that are going to soldiers funerals and saying you know God hates fags and stuff I wanted to create a situation as what would happen if those guys were basically pushed a step further right and so while it does sort of like you know it does start, there's a lot of character building, and then it sort of devolves, and then it kind of just is a breakneck pace to the end. I really wanted all of that stuff to be um, kind of buried in its motivation. Right. Right. Yeah, but like, so. like I was saying, you know, for listeners, that's something that you guys who like slashers need to check out because it's more than just a slasher there's it just I thought it was really neat because he didn't know who it was and then you realize who it is and he played that part so well it was an amazing performance you know God put me you know in this position to you know put them out of their misery because they're sinners of God you know and it's a very powerful you know, a very powerful film mm-hmm. But yeah, without trying to do my best not to spoil it for people, um, it is. And you know the thing about it is, is when, the, when the actor had sort of had that moment where he was revealed, he he tried, We talked about it, and he kind of came at it from the idea of Jesus in the garden. You know, before he was crucified, he basically second. Oh no, no, sorry. There you are. Yeah, I I I, I can remember this one scene between him and his sister towards the end. And I'm not going to say too much more than that. But she says, "What about you?" You know, you're killing people. And I, I love his response back to that. And I'm not going to say any more. Yeah. I, I don't want to ruin the film, but bravo, James. I really, really enjoyed that. That was like a surprise film, you know, from start to finish. The music just kept flowing, you know, and, and it's it's brilliant work. So I think that's one of the films I think a lot of uh, slasher fans in the, f- in the future when it's available to purchase or however... I think any slasher fan needs to see that. 
another you know, another style of a slasher. I think it's very creative because it wasn't like I said, it wasn't just somebody just killing people. There's a story behind the story. It's uh, being brainwashed and beliefs. It's just a brilliant film. I'll stop right there. Yeah, I mean, I think you know, we it, it's weird, like um, because of the uh, you know when we're playing a sort of multi-genre festival, we actually will even go as far as to call it more of a political thriller because of the fact that there's so much of American politics kind of wrapped in this concept of... I mean, because we've got, you know, I mean, if you've seen the documentary Jesus Camp, we've got people on the extreme that are training their kids to go blow up abortion clinics. I mean, and how is that any different than a kid going in on the Gaza Strip and blowing up a pizza joint? And it's not. Right. And, right. you know, so that was kind of the central question of, of the film. And, um, you know, I can't, I can't give enough credit to... To the actors that were in the film, because yeah. they really did buy in. And, and you know, the guy that played that played Reverend Delphus, he is oh my god, good God steering man, and, and the guy is he's the nicest guy in the, on, on, you would ever meet. And he had a hard time at first, and he kind of just looked at it as if I were a cop, I would want dirty cops to be exposed, and that's kind of the approach that he took. Was right. brilliant performance by want. him. He was brilliant. That was an amazing. He was. Amazing performance. Now, you also have a project called Going Gorilla. Oh, yes, sir. We sure do. <laughs> what is that one about? Going Gorilla is uh, its actually just getting ready to um, premiere this summer. I think it's going to premiere at the Action on Film Festival in Monrovia, California. And any film fans that need that want to go to a really, really good independent film festival, go to that one. Um, Abrams, by the way, will probably be playing at Bare Bones Film Festival, and this goes next. So nice. check that out too. But Going Gorilla is, um, you know, it's about it's it's a lot of it is born um, from the frustrations that we at Twitchy Dolphins sometimes feel when it feels like we're trying to swim up river doing this. And you know, it's a, basically it's about a screenwriter that's successful. He's writing sort of American Pie type movie, and while wandering through Walmart with a stomach virus, he finds one of them in the $5 bin and realizes that his life is in the $5 bin at Walmart and basically decides that he is going to go make this, as it turns out, really bad World War II drama that he wrote in film school but has no money to do it. And so it's about him putting together this ragtag group of guerrilla filmmakers. And there's a lot of jokes that are in the film that are autobiographical, things we had to do when we were making our first films before we won, I mean, we were still at film school when we started. We didn't really know what we were doing. We didn't really have time to do it right. And um, so it, it kind of looks at all of that stuff. And, I mean, there's a nice love story in it, and it's got some hilarious performances. But really, that's, it's, about, it's about the difference between making a commercial product and trying to make something that you actually care about. And okay. I think that's the ultimate theme of the film. Sweet. Yeah, I do want to check that one out. That's that was pretty interesting when I saw that. But yeah, yeah, it, it, you have a lot of the company has a lot of films. You got a lot of talented actors and actresses, you know. And I'm anxious to see the daughter of Werebitch meets Schankenstein. <laughs> I'll check that it's out. It's our most serious work. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but but you you guys have. A lot of talent, and it's weird that it, I finally got in touch with you. You know, but brilliant work, and I and 
you again, if you want to mention it, you also have one right now. If I'm mistaken, is it Indiegogo or Kickstarter? I can't remember now. It's an Indiegogo campaign, yeah. And it's uh, if you just go to Indiegogo and look up, uh, just put in four X's. Quad, it's pronounced quadruple X. And um, I mean, again, like you know, I don't, I don't believe in. I'm not the greatest screenwriter in the world, but I'm a writer before I'm anything else. And I don't believe in writing anything pithy. Um, you know, I try to have something. So for as much as it is about a bunch of women that are sort of paid to have sex for a living, it's really about what is it like to be a woman whose job is to have sex for a living. And there's, it's, it's extremely over the top hilarious. We, we just, you know, we've had a couple read-throughs and these characters, these actors and actresses are really diving in. Um, but I mean, it's also, it's about freedom of speech. It's about freedom of choice and, and all of those things that are wrapped up in it because, and it's, it's good. You know, one of the things I like about this film, Quadex, and one of the things I like about doing something about horror is you can really, you can talk about issues. And in horror, you have violence. And in Quadex, we're going to have sort of sexual situations. And so it's something that's almost so outlandish that you can really get at the core of issues. And, you know, everybody, I saw a study the other day where they tried to do a study on porn and they couldn't find any men who never, who have never watched porn. So, but yet it's the kind of thing that we don't talk about it in public and we're sort of very like, yeah, judgmental of those same people. And so it was cool to kind of try to dive into that world. And, you know, I mean, and then, and then the, uh, the Flasher sequel is, is kind of looking at violence in movies from that same perspective and why is it that we're much more okay with violence in movies than we are with, than we are with sex. Yeah, right. But yeah, for the listeners, if you guys, you go to um, you can go to Indiegogo, but you also can go to um, ghvirus.com. I have it up there. Look for it. Everything's there, you know, and uh, you can check it out there. He's uh, now. Do you want to mention some of the um, some of the gifts from the Indiegogo, or do you rather want? Yeah, to you know. Go ahead. The, the thing about it is too. Okay, so we shoot a lot, and so my whole thing is, I want everybody to, to not feel like they're throwing money and it's not going to come back. So. Basically, 25 bucks to Quad X is going to get you bulk movies with your name in the credits. You're essentially pre-ordering two DVDs for $24. Um, you get up to 100 bucks, and this one has been, like, I think one of our most popular. You get to actually come up with a porn movie name that one of the actors will have acted in in the film. So it would be mentioned in a piece of dialogue or on, on the documentary, so it might say, Ginger Snap, actress, and then the name of, like, the first one that was given was Jack Reacher out. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that one. Um, oh for 250 bucks, um, we are going to have some creative product placement over certain, and some of the scenes were covering up the boobs, and, and it fits into the narrative. And with black bars. And then, the, and then the joke is that the filmmaker was so poor that he sold advertising on those black bars. So we're going to put in people's company logos, people's... I, I know that we're going to do... We're actually going to have a laughter that's going to be on, on one of them. <laughs> so we uh, we talked to Adam... Are going to be on one of them? Yeah, I mean, yeah, we might as well. So, yeah, give me the give me the, the logo. So, um, and then, you know, but then it's things like... Uh, there's other fun stuff too. Like you get an executive producer's credit at our producer's credit at 250, executive at at, uh, at 500, I think. Um, also at 500, 
some of the members of the cast and, I, and, and us will come to where you are and have a private screening of the film. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, so it, it's because it's all about. That's cool. Dude, we don't raise more. We don't raise more money than we'll need. In fact, we usually raise. We usually aim for less. We're not trying to pay our full budgets because I want somebody that can only donate twenty five bucks to know that twenty five dollars matters. Right. Right. Um, we're just don't, trying to get enough raised so that way we can make the next film. Because I can't. You know, we don't want to go bankrupt. Um, right. And I want it to be. We're almost taking a indie rock band approach to trying to build an audience, and we do. We've got a we've got a buddy of mine that every film, like Clockwork, twenty five bucks every every campaign that we do, <laughs> and that that's what we're about. We're about we're about building this audience. We're about um, people coming to see a film, enjoying the film, having um, a, a, you know being accessible. We don't. We don't do egos with our company, um, and and we'll we're pretty quick to if we get somebody that's a little too egomaniacal, they just won't do the next film. I mean, because um, it's a really really hard industry we're trying to break into, yes, and one yes. of the things that we need this from this from not even just from our donors, but from our actors, the experience of doing it has to be its own reward as well, and you can't do that if you've got people with egos. Um, egos be running gone. around thinking of things. Yeah. I have a good slogan for that. Egos be gone. Scoot. Egos be gone. Egos be gone, bitches. <laughs> but you're also That's in a, right. You're also associate producer for a film that you really had nothing to do with it. You know, except I had nothing for, to do with it. But um, I got a signed poster on my wall, but that's it. <laughs> Adam Dunning is probably one of the coolest dudes that I got to work with, friends with, partners with. And uh, I didn't notice you as on the credits as associate producer until the other day, you know, when you contacted me. And, and of course, you know what happens. You, you know, if a director contacts me, the first thing you do is go right to IMDb, you know, check out what he's done. Yeah. And I noticed laughter there. So I thought that's pretty cool because we have a common a common bond there because, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm a producer as well, um, same aspect as you, and I'm also, of course, um, I play myself in the film, in yeah. the film, which is pretty cool. It's a pretty cool experience to to, to you know uh, be in a be at your first premiere and be able to see people's reaction to you know what you're saying. You know, it was, my wife and I went, so it's pretty cool. But I thought that was a pretty cool common denominator between you and I. It was kind of weird that I noticed that, but yeah. uh, but the timing's perfect. You well, know, well, you know the thing. The cool thing is, like, so I met Adam. Um, he reached out to me when it looked like we were both in the same fest. And, and a lot of times what I'll do is um, when I see that I'm playing a festival, I'll go and try to at least Facebook friend the other directors. Because if you're not networking at these festivals, then it's just a massive, masturbatory experience of sitting in the dark watching your own movie. Right. And who gives a crap. So I wanted to make sure, and, and you know, he, so he kind of hit me up in an instant message afterwards, and um, I knew he wasn't going to be there. So I looked out, you know, for his film, and then we showed Infected at our event, the Scarlet Waters event, and then, you know, he, he, he's actually donated to two of our Indiegogos, and he's always, you know, just, he's taking my brain, and so we'll, we I am a lot. I actually teased him the other day. I said, we don't talk anymore, you know. Um, and then, you know, I met, the, I met one of the leads in after Chris Marconi, who yep. I'm trying to steal from him. You know, we'll see how that goes. Um, and so, no, it's just been a really cool friendship, and then he asked, you know, he, 
I think in part so I can help him help rep him out of festival, and I think part because he felt like, you know, I, I at least never told him not to ask any questions. You know, right. I don't know that I know all that much, but it was really cool. It was, you know, I'm about to email him and uh, find out, you know, how I can be help help out with laughter too. I'm excited about it. Yeah, we have. You know, I, I keep emphasizing, yeah. I keep emphasizing to people in this industry. So, yeah, I'm anxious for that laughter too, too, because. We have some funny ideas that's coming down the road that it's going to be great. It's going to be so much fun. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? It just, it's a brilliant, I liked it. I liked it a lot. I mean, it just, the acting was superb. I mean, it was shot very well. Yeah, I'll shot very well. Shot very well. And I just really dug that story because it's, it's different. It's so much different than any slasher that I've seen. There's a, you know, I, you know, I say slasher, when somebody's killing somebody in the woods, it's a slasher to me, and and we're, you know, yeah. how, you know, but there's a religious background on it, and I thought that was so clever. So there you go. Well, you know, I mean, I, I I'm I don't run from the term slasher from it at all. I mean, I didn't I didn't want to make torture porn. I mean, I'm not I don't get into that. Me neither. Me neither. I know a lot of people do, and that's fine. I mean, that's where the and I think you know, and that's the funny thing too. Like we did play it fast, a lot of nominations, I win. And the festival was great, and I loved it. But you know, a couple of the, a couple of the, uh, the judges were like, "Well, you know, nobody got killed in the first five minutes, so I didn't really care." And I was like, "Well, in my from my perspective as a filmmaker, I'm not interested. That film's been made a hundred million times, so I'm not interested in making that film. So we'll just need to agree to kind of disagree in that situation." Right. Um, you know, I'm not I'm, I'm not going to do. That. I'm not going to. Unless there's a point to it, just sort of set up lambs for the slaughter, because, again, it's already been done a whole bunch of times. I don't hate, I enjoy watching it. Oh, but, my, oh my God, if if there was kills in the first five minutes of the film, the film would, the film would be over in 30 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's lame, that's stupid. I mean, you, people have to really understand your cast, first of all. I mean, if you only have like eight people casted in your film, you certainly can't have a kill every five minutes. It doesn't doesn't take a genius to figure that the hell out, I guess. <laughs> well, that was the other thing too about that. I mean, the cast is a good point. Um, again, I'm not paying these people up front, so I've got to give them parts that are worth playing before they're going to sign up to do it. Right. <laughs> right. The way I look at it, <laughs> as cheesy as this might sound, you know, at, at a minimum. If these films never make any money, that's okay. As long as, you know, like if the lady playing Ashley has grandkids someday and she can show her going gorilla, she should be proud of it. As long as that happens, I mean, that's my ultimate responsibility is to make a good film and a film that everybody's worked on is proud of. And if I can get there, then that's that's got to be enough. You know, that's a, that that is a that is an amazing statement that you just made there. You must have read my mind because <laughs> that's my. That's my outlook now, you know. I, I, like I said, I've done Dakota, I've done Shatter, you know. And I told my wife, I said, you know what? I'm not going to do this to make a living. I have a full-time job, but you know what? I now have something that my grandkids can tell their kids. It's a legacy, per se. Yeah. Brilliant. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep, exactly. You know, and that's... How I look at it, I mean, anybody who thinks they can get in this business in the, in the independent circuit and make a living out of it, hey, God bless them. 
If you can do that, hey, bravo. But, uh, you know, most of us have full-time jobs, and that's just the way it is. And I, and I wouldn't want it any other way. I mean, I'm just happy to be able to drive truck and, and occasionally go away for three days and do my thing and come back and go back to real life again and do it again. You know, I don't mind it. I mean, it's just... Yeah. I, I like the aspect of being able to do something that you never thought in a million years that you could do. Now, I, I love a challenge. I love taking shit head on. And uh, that's just how I'm wired. But anyways, James, I don't want to... Well, yeah, I think we agree because, I mean, that's, that's just the way... I'm staying here and I'm not going nowhere. You know, your, your body of work speaks for itself. That's how I look at it. Same well, goes for you. Yeah. You know? And I'm, like I said, I'm glad I really, you know, I'm glad that you like the film. Um, we take a lot of, uh, you know, we're, we're so small still that um, your review of the film is enough to get us through three months of crap. So, thank you. <laughs> well, I don't, I mean, like I said, I mean, that movie is in the mind of the beholder. I mean, that movie can be interpreted however they want to interpret, interpret it. But I, I just like that style. I just like the way it was shot. I mean, I love the woods aspect of it. I'm a woods guy. I'm a slasher guy. You know, I'm a zombie guy. You know, but I like that. When I watched that, I'll say it again. When I watched it, it brings me back to the 80s kill styles. Not the 80s clothes, obviously, but the way the kills were, it was quick, simple, and you didn't need any more than that to understand what's going on. It was just laid out, perfected, perfect. Enough said. Thank you. So, Thank you. Well, anyways, James, I really appreciate you coming on. It was a great conversation, some fun. Keep in touch. Um, I'll definitely, I will, I will. I'll definitely get and the... So I'm gonna add, so did you want me to add you to the team for Indiegogo? Is that what you want me to do? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, okay, I will. Yes, I will. Yeah, be cool. And what I'll do is um, I'll have the, uh, I'll put the link of my GH virus on the interview. So all I got to do is go right there. It's easier to click it. I'll take them right to the Indiegogo and all that happy stuff. They can go in and check that out. And, uh, you know, and I might even pop in the, the, the uh, review of Abram's Hand on the same interview site. If you want to check out the audio from the trailer and check out what I have to say about it, and now when is that available? I mean, have you? I didn't even ask you. Is that available? When is the possibility for people can actually purchase that to check it out? Okay, it, it actually is for sale now. Um, okay. in, in on our website, twitchydolphin.com, If you go to buy flicks, um, and through our site, you can get it for ten bucks. That's it. The DVD, wow. and it's got it's got the music. The music video for um, Cliff Haley's version of Jesus Love Me and a really fun uh, 20 minute behind the scenes deal nice. that's, that's just was a lot of fun. It kind of shows, just kind of shows what, what it was like. I mean, and, and, and it was, I mean, half the time it's me and Ben's tub doing, uh, doing Ghostbusters impressions on the radio. I mean, it's really what we're doing out there. And um, it's also available through underdogs.com. I don't know what they charge for it. And then uh, some different on-demand options are coming. Like I said, we just sort of rooting through these distribution deals is, is, is probably the, the hardest part of this whole thing. Yes. Fantastic. All right, James, I really appreciate you again coming on, and uh, I'll get this thing up as soon as possible. Awesome. Thanks a lot, man. And uh, I'll be...
He who wields the sword does not do so in vain, but he is a minister of God, sent to execute judgment on evildoers. And we must all have the strength to raise up the sword ourselves in the name of Christ. And if need be, to lay it down for Christ. Jesus loves me, this I know. So I shall cleanse the creation.